Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We have to work hard expanding the kingdom of God. When I work hard, and I see that God's doing things that's good. Remember, I'm alive. I'm fully alive when I'm pursuing God's purposes. And number three, this last servant reminds us of this. Live with the end in mind. Jesus is coming back and everyone will be judged. We all try to work hard in our daily jobs, But the idea of working hard for the kingdom of God seems kind of nebulous. How do we know that we're working hard? More importantly, I suppose, is how do we know when we're not working hard for the gospel's sake? Pastor Mark will be teaching about working for the kingdom using a parable that Jesus taught to his disciples. We'll discover that God has a definite plan for us and tasks that we're expected to carry out. Best of all, we have access to God's plan for us through the leading of the Holy Spirit so we aren't groping blindly. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke chapter 19 with part three of his message, Jesus Corrects Wrong Expectations. Our goal here on earth is to close the gap and get as close as we can to his potential. Meet what he wants us to do. Now, nobody will ever get here. Only Jesus got there. The rest of us are going to be out here somewhere. Okay, That's our goal, to get close. So ask yourself this morning, are you interested in the lost? And you'll see in a moment, someone's not interested in the lost at all. So our goal is, this is the judgment. And we'll be rewarded for that. Because we did what our master asked us to do. So here he's going to go. There's 10 servants, but Jesus only breaks it down to three in the end. So watch this. Look at verse 16. The first one came and said, sir, circle this word in your Bible. Your mina has earned 10 more. Now, here's what many Christians get confused with today. Notice this man didn't say, Jesus, here's my mina. Well, it has to be mine. You gave it to me. No, it isn't his. Notice what he says. Here's your mina and what I did with it. So look at this. Most believers today, until they're taught the scriptures, think everything they are and everything they have is theirs. That's an old sin nature. When you have a little child, how soon do you see sin nature in a little child? Very soon. What is the word they go? Mine. 
and it extends to 80-year-olds. Mine! But I wanted to read you scripture. Take a look at this. This is directly from the Old Testament Psalms. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So what do I want you to write this morning? What I want you to believe? What this servant said. Here's your mina. Here it is. Everything we are and have are simply gifts from God. We're to invest who we are and what we have for the kingdom of God. It's not ours. Your money is not your money. Your talent is your, the talent God's given me is not my talent. He takes away in a moment. You wouldn't want to hear me for five minutes. Hashtag it. God owns it all. He's a good giver. Amen. So everything you and I have is his. This man knew it. Look what happens. The first one came and said, sir, your mina has earned 10 more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of 10 cities. I'll explain that in a moment. The second came and said, sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, you take charge of five cities. So the first servant came and reported a tremendous gain, 10 times what he was entrusted with, 10 times. The second servant also had a great gain, five times the original amount. And Jesus acknowledges the faithfulness and commendation with what? This is the hard part for us. More service, more work. The faithful servants obeyed because they trusted their master and they wanted to please him. So what does that look like? Well, here's what it is. Look at this. God rewards faithful and productive servants with more responsibility. Pastor Mark, if I work hard for God, is there not a day I can retire and forget that stuff? I mean, don't I get a promotion? Yes, you do get a promotion. But we work hard until he... Come on, till he comes. Uh, uh, do I have to spell it for you? Till he comes back. I work hard. And the more I invest and the investment is great, the more responsibility he gives me. Now, I'll explain that in a moment because some of you are going, I don't think I like that. No, that's because we live in a crazy world here. The greater opportunities to serve God are when, right now. See, my opportunity is today because Jesus has still not come back. The time we're living in, all of us right here, he hasn't come back. So I'm to be busy about his kingdom until he comes back. So for my time, it's now till I die or until the rapture comes and I'm gone or till the second coming. So that's where we are today. Think about this. When Jesus comes back, what he's talking about here to set up his new kingdom, he's going to give the people that were very effective, cities to rule over. Now, notice what that means. That means when God comes back, this world is going to be changed. And if we've been effective, we're going to have more work in administrating, helping Jesus during the millennium, keep things in order and do all those kind of things. Now, remember, 10 cities and five cities. What city would you like to manage? I'm thinking Tahiti myself. 
I'm not sure what you're thinking. Maybe Mims. Probably not. Now, I know some of you are saying like this, Pastor Mike, this doesn't make any sense. If I'm effective, I have to work harder again. By the way, is it work to share the gospel? You're wrong. It is definitely work. Because you have to pray. You have to say something. They go, not interested. And then you have to go, okay, I'm not going to get discouraged. It is work. Remember, he said, work. It is work. Now, it's not bad work. Work is not bad. Work is good. It was developed in the garden before sin. Do you know that people that retire early and don't find something that's successful to put their time to? You know what they do? You all know what they do. They die early. Because we were made to be effective. You say, well, I understand that. But what about in this spiritual aspect that Jesus is saying here? Let me show you this. One day, Jesus went to Samaria. And that was work for him because the Samaritans didn't like the Jews and the Jews didn't like the Samaritans. And when he went there, he met a woman at the well. You remember the story. And the disciples went off to get lunch. And when they came back, they saw him talking to the woman. She had accepted Christ. She went into the town. Here comes a whole town out to hear Jesus do some more work. And they're trying to give him lunch. They're trying to give Jesus, Jesus, I don't know what you're doing. You're working too hard. You need to have some lunch. You haven't had anything to eat. The falafels are here. Come on, come on. We're ready. And I want you to see what Jesus said. This is where we have to get the right attitude. Here it is. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. What was Jesus saying? He was saying this, when this woman came to salvation and when she went to the town and all these people are coming back to hear the gospel, I just had a buffet spiritually. I'm full up. Let's see, when you and I get that, when we understand that doing the will of God and the work of God is amazing. We can understand why God says, when you're productive, I'm going to reward you with more work, more opportunities to share the gospel, more opportunities to tell people what God can do in their life. I want you to write this down. If you'll catch this today, then in essence, like many of you said, sharing the gospel isn't work, and yet it is hard work. Look at this statement. We get purpose and fulfillment from doing what God calls us to do. If you're not doing the will of God, you're never going to be satisfied. You'll run to this and that and the other. You have to wait for God to tell you, okay, do this. Can you imagine if I, this morning, I love to do what God asked me to do. Is it work? So go ahead and say no. Yeah, I just sit around and golf and go to the beach every day. No, what you're hearing this morning is about 25 hours of work. I know it doesn't sound like it because I'm a very simple guy, slow. Now, what if I say this morning, you know what, I have something for you, but it didn't work out too good. I only spent an hour. Would everybody like to stand and give a testimony, please? Or, can't wait to get through this service. God, I'm so tired of doing this. Would you be here? No, you wouldn't be here. Our work is to do his will, and then we're 
fantastically alive. After three services on a weekend, people say, Pastor Art, are you tired in the afternoon? Oh, of course not. A sermon is equal to eight hours of manual labor, in case you don't know. But there's spiritual stuff happening. And when I go home, I don't ever take a nap on the afternoon Sundays. I'm excited because I'm already starting working for next weekend. Why? Because that's what God gave me to do. See, there's energy that God will give you. You know it. You guys are amazing as you serve all over the place. Don't think at all that you can just kind of, well, just be a lazy Christian and you'll be fulfilled. Never. Never. Look at verse 20. Here's an example of the opposite. Then another servant came and said, sir, here's your mina. I've kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you're a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and you reap what you did not sow. What is wrong with this servant? This is incredibly important. He didn't know the character of God. How could he say, you're a hard man. You're not a fair businessman. He had forgotten God's kindness and goodness. Who gave him the 10 to start with? It was the master. He gave them the ability. He gave them the opportunity. He gave them responsibility. But he didn't obey him. He did not put it to work. He didn't expand anything. Remember, God is loving, holy, wise, gracious, compassionate, merciful, kind, forgiving, 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 long-suffering, slow to anger, faithful, and more and more and more and more. Here's what I want you to write this morning. Get this, and it will change your life forever. How we view God will affect our attitude in serving him. If you view God as a God that wants to make it hard for you, wants you to gospel, going to judge you because you're not good, you got it wrong. You got it totally wrong. Remember, everything we are and everything we had is a gift from God to us. How can I not praise him regardless? By the way, we're going to heaven. How are you getting there? Because of God's faithfulness. Remember the word I used four times? Forgiveness, 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 forgiveness. Anybody use forgiveness this week? Receive it from God. Could I see your hand? The rest of you need to get saved right now because you're lying. (laughs) Or you haven't asked him. The altar will be open shortly. That's the character of God. Now, Jesus is going to go on and he's going to kind of play with him a little bit. Look at verse 22. His master replied, well, I'm going to judge you by your own words. You wicked servant. You knew, you did you. You knew, did you, that I'm a hard man taking out what I don't put in, reaping what I do not sow. And basically he's just going to go on and say, uh, you're going to call yourself a servant? And what he's basically saying is this. Because you feared me, you wasted your time, you wasted your opportunities to share the gospel. This man did nothing, ever shared the gospel. Let me ask you as a Christian. Hopefully nobody fits into that category where you haven't shared the love of God with somebody. Somebody has said this, the highest form of selfishness is a man content to go to heaven alone. That's not why we're put here. 
or put her to be on mission. Then he says to him in verse 23, why then didn't you put my money at least on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest. Then he said to those standing by, watch this, take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10. He suffered loss. Here's God's potential for this third servant. Look at me, it's right here. Here he is, here the other guys are moving what? They're sharing the gospel and they're doing what? They're closing the what? They're closing the gap. Where's this guy going? And when he stands before God, if he even is a believer, nothing. Wood, hay, stubble, burned up his whole life. Well, Pastor Mike, it's okay, I got to heaven. That's not why we're here. We're here to bless God and work for God and change our world together. Now, watch this. Sir, someone said, he already has 10. And he replied, I tell you to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. In verse 26, just write these words, stewardship. As we obey God and work for him, guess what he does? He says to that man that had 10, I can trust you with more. So I'm going to give you more responsibility. I'm going to give you more opportunities. That's exactly what you do if you're a manager at work. And some man, your, your boss in front of you says, I need this report in one week. You're going, oh my goodness, that's impossible. And who are you going to look to? The guy in the corner that goes, mm-hmm. Or are you going to give it to the guy that normally comes in and says, I know you didn't need this report uh, till 10 days from now, but I have it five days early. Here you are. That's who you're giving it to. That's the picture of stewardship. See, we're not just servants. We're stewards. We're managers of God's gifts. And we will be judged for how successful we were. I want you to see this verse, and I'm going to give you three things to write, and we're done. And now, dear children, speaking of the second coming, when we stand before God. And now, dear children... Continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. In other words, when we stand before God, none of us, we never ever got down to closing all the gap, but we're going to be confident. God, I seriously, I did the best I could. Thanks for helping me. And you're going to hear words that you want to hear. Everybody wants to hear. It's the same words because we're all equal. Well done. Good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. That's what all of us want to hear. Now, how do I continue in him? Three things to write. Here we go. Number one, we have to keep on mission. You've heard it from me. We're not going to the Middle East, but you and I have a town we're in, that a neighborhood, a school, a, a, a workplace, and we want to keep on mission. Lost people matter to God. Number two, we have to work hard expanding the kingdom of God. When I work hard and I see that God's doing things, that's good. Remember, I'm alive. I'm fully alive when I'm pursuing God's purposes. And number three, this last servant reminds us of this. Live with the end in mind. Jesus is coming back and everyone will be judged. The last verse is a strange verse because it's very negative. But this is why we have to be on mission. Look at verse 27. 
But those enemies of mine, Jesus speaking, who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. What in the world is he saying? This is the outcome of a person who refuses to submit and trust Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. That was the Jewish people. That's a lot of people today in our world that refuse to believe that Jesus is the only way. The outcome is clear. Their final judgment will not be in heaven. It will be in hell. Remember, if my sins aren't forgiven, then sins separate me from God. It's called spiritual death. So if I never come to salvation, some of you have not trusted Christ yet. If you don't do something about that, you've heard the gospel today, you hear it all the time. If you don't do something with that, basically you will end up dead twice, physically and spiritually. Death simply means separation. And you'll be in hell forever and ever. Why? Because you refused to accept Jesus as your personal savior. Now, I can't convince anybody to accept Jesus, but I can share the good news with them. That's why we're here. That's why we stand on mission. Why? Because it's God's will that how many perish? Come on, put the zero up. Come hold it up for me this morning. Zero. So keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Ask yourself with your hand raised, who in your neighborhood, who at your school, who in the office, who down the street, who at the ball field, is one of those people. That's why you're there. You're not at the table collecting goods to head over to a dicey, dicey part of the world. But you're here. By the way, it's not safe here either. But we have the only good news. I want to end with this. I pray this often at home. And it's a dream that I have. Here it is. The disciples finally got it. Jesus went back to him. They actually watched him go up into the sky. Okay, we were wrong. There he goes. And he told them then, come on, be about my business now. And that's what the parable does. The reason we're here today is because the disciples obeyed Jesus. 2,000 years later, we're here because they spread the gospel. Now, they have just shared the gospel. And basically... Peter said, there's only one name under heaven whereby a man may be saved, and that name is Jesus. And look what the Jewish leaders say. Didn't we tell you never to teach in this man's name, he demanded. Instead, you filled all of Jerusalem with your teaching about him. Here's my prayer. God, help us fill Brevard County and Indian River County with the gospel. Today, Pastor Mark reminded us that sharing the gospel is hard work, not just for the clergy, but for the layman as well. We need to be prepared to share the gospel, and we need to be asking God for opportunities, just like Jesus did. We need to spend lots of time in prayer, asking God for guidance, and for Him to fill us with His Holy Spirit to do the job He's given us. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Well, this wraps up the message, Jesus Corrects Wrong Expectations. Next time, Pastor Mark will be teaching a message called The Authority and Patience of God. We will reach the point in the book of Luke where Jesus enters Jerusalem for the last time in his first appearance on earth. There will be lots of excitement as he confronts the Jewish leadership once again. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.